Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome aboard. This is Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. It is 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Welcome to the show. I am Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. We get together, do this every day, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, heading you guys, uh, helping everybody out there, ourselves included, uh, to head back to the window and cash those winning tickets. So, Scott, how did your... Uh, I didn't talk to you much this weekend. We usually uh, text pretty frequently and, uh, you know, a lot of Father's Day stuff going on and other plans. So I didn't uh, get a chance to catch up. How'd your weekend go? Well, NASCAR is usually the medium that we, uh -huh. bare minimum-wise, you know, communicate through. Correct. Unfortunately, we didn't have that. So overall, it was okay. Betting-wise, it was pretty, I'd say, average. I can't say it was amazing by any means, okay. but... It would have been really good if Zalatoris came through for me on Sunday, oh. and he did not. So, yeah, I missed out on a playoff by a couple of inches. Yeah, yeah. And I made it back this morning betting on some tennis, but still, that would have been a nice hit if I ended up winning the Zalatoris bet. Okay, very good, very good. Uh, what'd you do uh, for your dad for Father's Day? I hung out with him, went to his place. I'm still here, as you can tell by the background. Oh, yeah, that's right. He puts you out. He makes you sleep in the shed. You're out there yep. in the shed. But we went out to dinner, so okay. just hung out. And I can't say it was anything crazy. We didn't go to some insane sporting event or some concert or whatever. Strip but club? We went to it's the no, strip, no strip club. It's the strip club? Oh. But we went to a nice dinner and hung out. So, Did you, uh, did you pick up the tab, Mr. Uh, five Grand Winner? Uh, well, I feel like you kind of have to, don't you? Yeah, you do. Yeah, absolutely. You absolutely do. So, all right. Very good. Very Luckily good. for me, the tab was not five grand. So a couple of that, you know, I got some of that. I got the keep for profits. You Where'd you, you go at Applebee's? Where'd you go? Uh, no, we went to this uh, sushi place. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. All right, guys. It's uh, it's good to be here. We want to remind you, of course, take a minute. If you would be so kind, smash that like button. And uh, yeah, we'll check in with guys over here. It's Nicholas Lee in the house. Said Nicholas had a great Father's Day. That's fantastic. That's I hope everybody had a great Father's Day. Either doing something for your father or getting something done for you. Uh, getting a little, getting a little payback. My uh, my kids got me something, Scott, that I've been uh, I've been looking at, and they've been advertising heavy on podcasts and shit. And I and I want, kind of wanted to do it just for posterity. But it's the uh, it's the thing where they send you a question a week about your past. And, okay. you, and you like write out an answer, and then at the end of the year they put it in a book, and they have you have all these. Is that the new version of like searching up your like ancestry.com information that everybody's doing? No, no, no. It's not anything. It's the about... new craze that's sweeping the nation. Is that, yes, it's that new craze that's sweeping the so nation. It, it used to be, uh, you know, like ancestry.com or like stuff like that. Then horoscopes were big for I don't know I don't know how long, and now I guess uh, you can ask questions about your thousand years. I don't know. Yeah. Give or take, you know. So I, I can't believe after various you know, amounts of years in the 20s that they haven't heard all my stories. But So what was the, what was the question you answered? I haven't got it yet. I haven't got the first one oh. yet. I haven't got okay. the first one yet. I, I, and I will keep everybody abreast of the of the questions because I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm anxious to do it. So Unknown Ennis says, we rolling, baby. We rolling. Excellent. Excellent. Super Sly says, afternoon. Good afternoon to you. James Mounts checking in. What's up, James? Good to see you. Uh, Nicholas said he had the last four fights on the UFC, had them in a parlay, and they got me and, my God, uh, some tomahawk steaks yesterday. Oh, I like a good, you like a good tomahawk steak? I mean, you don't even need the word tomahawk. I just like a good steak. Best part about it is a bonus. You can, you can, you can know. fuck, you can fucking kill a settler with it and then eat it for dinner. It's a beautiful thing. 
Uh, yep. Uh, man after my own heart. I actually had uh, actually had a burger yesterday, Scott. I, I, I don't eat a lot of red meat, as you guys well know, but uh, broke down. My son and I were at a Mexican place while I was with the family and had a burger on the menu that was a bacon burger blend. Had, uh, I think, pastrami, Mexican sausage, and ham on it. Couldn't pass up. So That just sounds like uh, meat with an occasional topping. It sounds like yeah. the toppings were meat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how'd you do the UFC? You do okay? Overall, I didn't really bet it that much. It was in the middle of the afternoon. There were a couple of uh, fights that I actually did like. I ended up not, not making a video on it. Uh, I would have done decently. I would have liked the Emmett Cater fight to go the distance. It did. Whether you think that Emmett actually won or not, I feel like you can make an argument either way. I don't think it was a robbery, but it was kind of a coin flip for the decision. I probably would have leaned to Cater, but it's not like it was the end of the world. And I had uh, Giannis to win by knockout, and he won in the first round by knockout. Okay. Very good. Very good. Scott, uh, Bruce wants to know if the abs will smack the shit out of the lightning again tonight. I'm going to make a bold call. It won't be 7 nothing again. That's, uh, that's a fair call. Well, I mean, I talked about it on the last show, and Chris, Chris and I talked about it, and they seem to have a problem getting the ball out of their uh, getting the ball, getting the puck out of their own end, Scott. They can't beat they yep. can't beat the four check. They can't get any possessions. They can't get sixteen fucking shots. How do you beat that? They had twenty one in the first game, right? Uh, give or take, yeah. And I'm trying to think if they even had any in overtime. Like I don't think they even had a I, shot. In I overtime. don't think so. If they if they did, it was one. They might have they might have had a breakaway there that kind of petered out and then got one kind of weak ass shot off, if if any. But is that that seems to be a fundamental problem that goes beyond you know cold goaltending or you know somebody's hot somebody's cold that seems to be a team problem that transcends lines shifts time of game how do you stop that Scott Well I definitely think of course without you know without it being said Tampa's going to have to make quicker decisions in their zone and to try to Combat it potentially with more dump and chase. They're going to have to try to catch Colorado potentially in some, let's just say, I'd say uh, less than ideal defensive situations. Because the one thing Colorado does, and the reason why the forecheck is so good, the defensemen pinch a lot. So if you have aggressive defensemen who are not afraid to join the rush and not afraid to get themselves into very solid scoring chances – Tampa, if they're able to force some turnovers or just potentially find themselves a decent amount of chances to create some odd man rushes, they're going to have to capitalize. And the reason why Colorado has been so good, they're the faster team. And it's really not even been close. You can talk about how Colorado has so many lines that all have speed on them. And Tampa really only has a couple of lines that have a lot of speed to it. I think you can argue Tampa probably has, well, like two lines maybe a line and a half with elite level speed. Right. It feels like Colorado has three or four. Just keep coming like Even you. Colorado's fourth line has a ton of speed. And if, when it comes to adjustments Tampa can make, every line was a problem. But I'm not really sure what Pat Maroon gives you in this series. Because Maroon's kind of a grinder. He's not afraid to play a little bit dirty. Same thing with Corey Perry. They're not afraid to be instigators. But they're older and they're very slow. Can, and if he, they're going to be constantly torched by the counterpart for Colorado, I think Tampa's going to have to get younger and get faster with some of these depth pieces. Well, you, Maroon owes him, owes him a goal after his fuck up the other night in overtime, pretty much uh, 
gave gave them the game right there as they scored that power play goal to win it. Do you think Maroon should be playing in the series? Because I know that he's a veteran leader and he's won the cup several times on different teams, but I'm trying to figure out the matchup. And I know Perry on the power play is known as being the screener in front, but the power play has been broken throughout the series also. Right. Do you think it's time for Tampa to, at least for this series, consider pulling the plug on the older guys and trying to inject some youth and speed into the I lineup? I think you've got to get some speed in that lineup. I think you've hit it on the head. I, I you know, if this isn't, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Well, if two nothing ain't desperate, I don't know what is. It's uh, yeah. you. You've got to obviously change something because what you're doing isn't working. That's what worries me the most, Scott. Because they knew all these problems after game one, and they fixed exactly none of them in game two. So that would that worries me greatly if I'm if I'm a Tampa Bay backer here. So we talked about buying them at the apex of their value when they still had a legitimate chance to win the series before the last game. Of course, losing it now, there's uh, this price has skyrocketed. You're catching. Plus four fifty five. Any interest at all on backing a Tampa Bay comeback to win four out of the last five games? Personally, no. Okay, I I can admit when I was wrong. I think that Tampa is still a very solid team. I'm not going to say that it's automatically done. Like Colorado should be minus two thousand. I'm right. not saying that, but I don't think Tampa's winning both home games. And okay. uh, it's been a weird NHL playoffs where the home ice advantage has actually mattered a lot. Mm-hmm. In some of these series, which you're really not used to in hockey, but Tampa's been very good in Tampa. I just can't look past the fact that Tampa can't even get many shots on net. Yep. And Vasilevsky was awful in game two. Yep. He might be battling a bit of an injury, whether that's true or not. I don't know. He, 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 he didn't a, face a lot of shots, but they were really high-quality shots. They were high-quality shots, too. I'm not going to blame Vasilevsky for the loss. When you score no goals and you give up a bunch of scoring chances, you're going to lose a lot of games. Right. And they did. But I just don't really know how many counters Tampa has to the speed of Colorado, besides hoping either their physicality wears Colorado down, which it won't, or they go younger, they bench the guys that I said, and hopefully the power play wakes up and scores a couple. Give it a rip. And Vasilevsky goes beast mode. It's basically the only hope they have. Bruce sums it up, says Tampa Bay can't even skate with them. Yep, that's exactly what is. It looks shitty on the ice. He just bet the Avs team total over two and a half. Should be easy money. I mean, I don't know how many adjustments Tampa has. I was just trying to be realistic because you can't bench the entire team. Correct. You bench the old guys who can't really stick with the younger guys. But it's the same reason why I looked at Colorado in the Edmonton series. And I thought Colorado was going to smack them. I just looked at the talent on both teams and said one team's a lot better. And unfortunately, I thought for myself that Tampa would be able to compete with Colorado and potentially just wear them down with their experience and their depth over the course of seven games, two games in, I couldn't be more wrong because Colorado just looks like the better team. It looks like the Edmonton series all over again. I've not independently verified this stat, but if this is true, this is uh, big if true, Scott. Uh, Avs had more goals than Tampa Bay had shots on net. Uh, that is not true, okay. but it felt that way. All right. Because I know there's a difference between shots on net and shot on goal, so... Um, well, no, you mean shot attempts, shot on net and shots on goal. Well, I mean, that doesn't include the actual saves or whatever. I thought shots on net were actually like better shots. Isn't that true? No, it's not true. Okay. There you go. Shots on goal and shots on net are the same thing. Okay. Well, yeah, then they, uh, so that could have been a bit of hyperbole there because they, yeah, he's being, he's, he's being facetious. Okay. They only had felt that way. They only had, they had 16 shots. (laughs) They, They didn't miss it by much. A gap of nine. It's not what you want. 
But that's kind of that's also one of those games where if you are John Cooper and you're the coach of Tampa, do you what do you do about game two? Do you just toss the entire film in the garbage because you failed at everything? I don't think you can. I don't think you I'm saying I, I don't know what type of pointers you can learn from game two when you got torched in every single aspect of the game. Okay. Yeah, I I agree. I just, I don't know you what just burn it and pretend it didn't happen. Like I, I don't I don't know. You've got problems. You've got to fix though. You've got to see those problems on film to correct them. Now, normally I would say that, but they've got shit they got to fix. This wasn't bad. I'm assuming though that they tried to fix it after game one, as I right. said before, and whatever counters they made completely backfired. So I would probably just torch the film and hope that your team responds at home. Uh, Bruce said he meant in the first period. I believe that in the first period, absolutely. As uh, they put up, that sounds that sounds right. I think Tampa yep. only had two shots on net in the first period. Yep, yep. That's uh, because you know they like they start they started off going a man down and it never got better. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you, you who do you like in this one? It's a must-win game, obviously for Tampa. So people are going to automatically jump on this buy low spot on the Lightning. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not doing it. Mm-mm. At the end of the day, I just think that Colorado is the better team. And I might make some, I might counter somewhere in the middle. I might take a Vasilevsky saves prop. Okay. Because I think they're correlated. I don't think Tampa's suddenly going to hold Colorado to 25 shots on net. But I think if Tampa's going to win, Vasilevsky probably stands on his head. Okay. So if I was going to make a case for Tampa. I would rather take the saves prop over Tampa money line. Okay. Total. Because I think either way, Vasilevsky's going to have to have a great game. Yeah, agreed. Total six. Are we due for, are we due for an under? Are we, are we due for somebody to stop some goals? And some... Well, you can make an argument for an under, but Tampa didn't score last game and it still went over. Right. So right. I'm going to go with the over right. because once I think it might be correlated because Tampa defensively is going to have to buckle down if they want to make a game of it. But they also can't score zero goals. Okay. So if you're looking at a situation where it's a 3-2 game or a 4-2 game late, they're going to keep pulling the goalie. And with Tampa being extra desperate, they might pull the goalie down three if they're in a spot like that. So I think I'm going to lean to the over. But okay. I it's mostly just because I can't take an under when Colorado could score four-plus goals in any game. Fair enough. I just uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean under just because the, neither team is getting off a lot of shots. So I just think it's correlated. I agree. And I think Colorado's gonna win. Fair enough. Okay, let's. Uh, kind of wanted to kick off with the hockey game there. Not a lot going on except baseball, and we'll get to that in a minute. But before we do that, of course, reminded everybody like and subscribe. Blah blah blah. Get subscribed to the uh, the Max Wagers Network YouTube channel. That's the main thing I want to talk to you about. A lot of great content there. Uh, you know, twelve o'clock. Sean Higgs, Midday Money, Allie Burns doing Morning Wood at one. Me and Chris at 2, me and Scott at 3, 4 o'clock, Sean Miller talking about soccer from around the world, and 5 o'clock is Detroit Lenny and the Earl Brothers, Nick and Tim, giving you your game time decision. So check out all that great content, best way to do it. Like I said, subscribe, ring the bell, get notified every time one of the shows goes live or put up brand new content. Of course, we've got great daily videos from me, Scott, other handicappers in our stable over there at Winners and Winers. That's what's available on the Winners and Winers YouTube channel. So get subscribed over there as well. All right, Scott. Caesars, still doing it, man. Still doing it, Caesars. God bless you. $1,500 free money is uh, what it comes down to if you would happen to lose because your first bet is guaranteed. Make that bet up to $1,500. If you win, you win a big bet. If you lose, Caesars will recompensate you 
in the form of $1,500. So make sure that you get over there. You have to use the code VIDEOWINNERS15. We put the code in today's description. Of course, the code is there along with the links to all the different states uh, where it applies. If you don't see your state listed there, you're SOL, my friend. You're just like me. You're just like me. You're stuck. You're stuck in the hinterlands. You're stuck in the 20th century instead of the 21st. So be patient. It'll get there eventually, I would think. But for now, those are the states where it's available. So make sure you check on that availability. You must be 21 to play, of course. All right. Um, well, my premium plays, I've been running pretty good. You can uh, you can hop on those. I have the link available as well in my show description over the last five days. I've gone 17, 5, and 3. I will take that each and every time. So uh, hop on the premium while the getting's good. All right, Scott, let's talk about what happened yesterday. Let's trot it out, everybody. It's time to reveal the winners, the whiners, the people that took it to the bank, the people that took it in the shorts, and everybody in between. It's Monday. It's time to get out your flip phone. Call the cops. Ah, uh, Scott, head bobbing along to the dulcet tones of the local gendarme. So let's uh, get rocking and rolling here in the major league, Scott. If you had the Padres, Rockies, first five under six and a half. Six and a half for the first five. The fuck does that not cash? Well, first of all, you're at uh, 35,000 feet up there in Denver. So the ball, it travels quite a bit. Only had two runs through the first four innings. Holy crap, I'm a genius. Nope. Colorado, can I interest you in a five spot in the bottom of the fifth? That makes uh, that makes six to one if you're scoring at home. And Colorado was scoring at home because they put up five runs in the bottom of the fifth to beat your under six and a half. Call the cops. And if you had the St. Louis Cardinals team total under three and a half against the Red Sox, you had one run through the first eight innings, three runs in the top of the ninth. They still lost the game. But they ended up losing 5-4, to four, and if you had under 3.5 for a team total, then you can rip it up. Ugh, 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 ugh. Okay. All right, and finally, White Sox-Astros first five under four. Only two runs to the first five innings. Seems four. to be a trend in today's show, Scott, for first four innings, sorry. Once again, you saw it before. They didn't put up five, but they did put up three, and that was enough. Three runs in the fifth. Four to one after five, tear up your under four. It's no good. First fives, there's a lot of value in, but you're going to witness a couple of bad beats because both teams, of course, are guaranteed to bat in the fifth. And they can't, and they don't have to stop after one run. That that, yep. that home team can just keep scoring their ass off. Uh, you know that's why that's when I really miss the pitcher hitting in the National League, is you were guaranteed the pitcher to come through at least once, sometimes twice. In the, oh no! In but the when things five. go badly, you know they're walking the pitcher on like five pitches. No, that's true. But that's going to be a three-two count. You know, yeah. he might foul one off, and he's going to miss by an inch. When when it's really just going poorly for you, and you can tell, the pitcher gets on base a lot more than you think. Yeah, that's doesn't it? Or at least it feels. That oh, way. absolutely, absolutely. And 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 the guy and the and the leadoff men always just just beat you. That's a good question, by the way. Do you miss watching the pitcher bat in the National League in general? Yes. At no point have I missed it. I miss it as I miss it as a handicapping tool. I'm so, I'm saying just ignoring overall betting for a second. No. As a fan, do you miss seeing the pitcher basically get on base one out of every twenty at bats? No, that's just fucking just having an absolute black hole in your lineup is not entertaining. I'm sorry. 
I mean, the Yankees already have that with Joey Gallo. So, folks, I'm, I'm used to having that experience. Folks. Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. But yeah, I don't exactly miss the pitcher batting. So, okay, all right, fair enough. Hey, there was some good news out there, and hopefully, uh, all you fathers and everybody else were on the right side of some games. You had some nice, easy winners. You were uh, you're spending you spent Father's Day where you should be spending Father's Day, Scott. Kick back in the recliner because you're man, you're in the rocking chair, baby. So the first one in basketball wasn't game seven, though, in the WNBA. If you had the Lynx and Aces over 172, each quarter had at least 44 points, and the game landed 191. You know, uh, Aces overs, not a bad play right now, Scott. Team totals as well. They tend to walk into 90 pretty regularly. Very good. If you had the Blue Jays-Yankees over nine, uh, uh, they didn't... uh, they didn't do this much in the first two, but they saved them up for game three as they had nine runs in the first five innings. All we need is one more, Rodney. You got it. This game landed 19. A nice, nice easy 10-9 to victory for the Toronto Blue Jays. And for this one, if you are a savage and took the Nationals on the money line. Rye. Plus, Where's Rye? At plus 145 against the Phillies, you waited about a week and a half to cash a Nationals money line ticket, but they got there, and it was pretty easy. Went four to nothing after two innings, and they won nine to three. So, if you made that bet ten days in a row, let's see, you're you're down nine hundred, up one forty five. That's a nice tidy loss of seven fifty five. But if you bet them one more time and they win, it's called a winning streak. It's a streak. It has happened before. Oh, the Royals have not won four games in a row this season. They've uh... yeah, they killed me yesterday. Were you shocked, by the way, that I took a Royals team total over? Yes, I am. It was such a good spot. Koenig, I'm assuming you were still following the Royal stuff as a fan. I am. I didn't I didn't follow much yesterday doing all, all the Father's Day stuff. But I, Koenig had two starts, an ERA of like 11 and a half, right. of two plus, the wind's blowing out, team total's three and a half. Yeah, what could go wrong? 0 for 9 with runners, with runners in scoring position. That's what went wrong. <laughs> but, you know, I took a shot with your bad team. They kicked my ass. Every now and then you'll cash money betting on a bad team. Yeah. I tried it sure. yesterday. Yeah. The Royals are officially on my dead to me list. I tried. That ha- that had I to really be, did try. That had to be a short trip. Against Oakland? I know. I, mean, I, I tried. It it didn't work out. They'd won the first two games. They put up some runs. No, I get it. I get it. I figured bad pitcher, you know. Maybe they could find a way to get some guys on base and score. I got the first part right. They had a bunch of guys on base. They just couldn't score any of them. Like, yeah, you're you're half right. They did get the guys on base. Well done. Just uh, can't complete can't complete the process, Scott. I think they stranded the bases loaded in like three separate innings. And I'm like, what? What? You can't even give me a sack fly. You can't give me anything. No? <laughs> yeah, I had I had I had a uh, a game that uh, they pissed away the lead. They had a six six two lead. Came up and there was the it was the. Uh, uh, was it the Braves where they and they tied at six six? They uh, get the bases loaded, one out, and score one run in the ninth. Can't cover the run line for me. So yeah, thanks, thanks for nothing. So Scott, we talked about this a little bit. In fact, we talked about it a lot. But we're gonna find out. We're gonna make it official, and maybe explore what went wrong just a little bit more. You know, watch the game too. Not mad, but man, I am disappointed. 
I mean, we kind of we kind of talked about it already, but we yeah. have to go back yeah. a little bit because it's right there on the script. So we have to talk about it again. Yeah, it's, it's it's basically just losing by seven goals in the playoffs. Do you have any kind of interesting Elias Bureau stats about when the last time that happened or biggest playoff finals margins and shit like any anything to wow us with? Well, you said the playoffs, just for more clarity, the finals. The finals, that's <laughs> right, that's right. Wars at 7 nothing, But, yeah, apparently it's the biggest uh, NHL Stanley Cup finals game loss since the Penguins against the North Stars, which I think was 91. Oof. So it's been about 21 years that's 31, since you Scott. had that big of a loss. That's, but at that... the end of the day, you lose by seven goals in a game. You lose game one in overtime. Okay, you tried. You know, it didn't go your way. You had a shot there. didn't work out. You respond by losing by seven. And we know the Lightning before that were, what, 18 and one off a loss? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 18 and two. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, we have been able to kill that streak by talking about it extensively. First, we killed it against the Rangers as it was at O. And then it was at one as they as they lost and then won a couple more in that spot. But we have, I think we've almost officially killed it now, Scott. I don't know if we officially, officially killed it because I mentioned it a couple of times during the Toronto series and it worked every time in the Toronto series. So we did have a little bit of, I'd say, room there. But if you want to look at anything else, I know Bronco saying I was disappointed in the Longhorns. Does he just have that copied and pasted ready to go? I was going to say, you know, we had this conversation about uh, the the Longhorns for the last couple of weeks. Last couple of sports. I was shocked they came back and beat East Carolina. Took a Mm -hmm. miraculous comeback in game two to even get to this point. Yep. Uh, I was actually going to put them as the original uh, disappointed, but I couldn't. I could. I just couldn't let a seven-goal loss slide. Yeah, I, I just couldn't do it. But agreed. I'd say the Longhorns were the runner-ups in this situation. Yes, I know. Uh, Texas, Texas letting down their fans in a uh, collegiate activity is certainly a, an unusual position for them to be in. Although well, preseason number one, we talked about how they were overrated all season long. I understand that Longhorn fans had bigger goals. Can you still really be disappointed when your team probably shouldn't have made it to Omaha in the first place? It's yes. like a miraculous comeback to even make it there in the first place. Yes, Bronco Devil literally wrote that. He's disappointed in the Longhorns. So, yes, you can be. Do you? Would you be disappointed if your team that you root for in college baseball basically had a miraculous comeback to even beat the Super Regional and they lost immediately in Omaha. Would you be really disappointed, or would you just be sad? No, I'd be. I'd be. Uh, well, I'd, yeah, I'd be sad they lost, but I'd be super excited that they made it because any team that I root for in college is very unlikely to make the College World Series. So you know who? Uh, you know has really been making me sad. Not not disappointed, but sad. Uh, Arkansas, because hmm. I had uh, I had that future parlayed with uh, with something there for about fifty to one. And unfortunately, the parlay piece lost, and Arkansas is looking like the best team left. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but you, you still can't got, win them all. But you still you've still got a you've still got a twenty five to one ticket, right? No, you think I do? I parlayed it with with something else. Oh well, fuck! I'm still live. I got nothing. I'm still live there, buddy. I know you are. So okay, how do you feel about your chances now? I feel good. Are they the best team left? The best team that I've seen play yet, at least through the first set of games there. Kicked the crap out of Stanford. Whooped them. I watched that game. They just beat the oh, shit. Was that 17-2? 17-2. They just kept fucking, they couldn't get out of an inning without giving up runs. 
Yeah, I really was. I really jumped on the Arkansas train at the right time. Unfortunately, I tried to stack too much luggage onto the train, and it didn't work out. But Stanford up, Stanford up two nothing over Auburn. Um, I get, I think, and I know Andrew's a big Stanford guy. Andrew, do you think Stanford's the best team left right now? I know they were number two in the nation coming in, right? You can argue that, but when you lose seventeen to two, I got to assume the other team's better than Stanford. Andrew says every time I watch Arkansas, I think of your twenty-five to one. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I do, too. Uh, Arkansas, Arkansas impressed me even when I made the bet. I know it lost, but before the parlay piece lost, I watched them in the first game against North Carolina, and I watched them in Chapel Hill, and they were pitching well. They were playing small ball. The thing about Arkansas that I like, I'm pretty sure they scored 17 runs and only hit two home runs, I think. Like, they don't rely that heavily on the long ball. No, they just... They're just really good at keeping the line moving. Yep, And that's yep. just an invaluable asset at this stage in college baseball. Found found a lot of gaps, uh, Arkansas or Oklahoma. I got to tell you, I do know a little bit about this Arkansas team, and, you know, you always think of Arkansas in football or whatever, the the 48, the 40 minutes of hell in basketball. But the, the thing that the people in Little Rock or in Fayetteville really worship is fucking baseball. Yeah. This is, the, this is a team that expects to be in the College World Series every year you know at the end of the day they don't expect the Razorbacks to play for the SEC championship or, or make the playoffs in football but they expect this team to be competitive and at the minimum make it to Omaha in the uh, in the summer so well, that's why I liked them because they were the number one team last year and yep. people just thought that you know they lost a lot of pieces but I can guarantee you not making it to Omaha last year definitely was stuck in the memories of oh. their, their active roster they're frosty and they're still very talented. They still have a great coach. And I'm not exactly surprised that Arkansas is still playing while some other people went home. JC said he tailed your Arkansas bet, got Mississippi and Texas A&M too. Uh, Once again, I'm not saying Arkansas is still going to win the whole thing. No. But if you got 25 to 1, and they're probably now at what, like 450? I was going to say 5, yeah, probably. I mean, that that's just a hell of a deal for you. Uh, a little closing line value. We'll see if I have to throw it in the trash or not. But... I was just going to see if I see anything for, uh, nope, I don't, I got, I got, uh, there. Well, you're not going to because they're playing games right now. Oh, good point. Yeah. I've still got, I've just got individual lines on Arkansas and Ole Miss. Should be a good game. What's yeah. the line there? I'm assuming Arkansas is like minus 150. Uh, 128. Not a bad deal. Okay. Yeah. All right. Over the A&M Notre Dame overs, uh, over unders 14 and a half. That's just fun. Uh, I'm guessing we don't have our frontline starters going for that one. Uh, Tennessee helps out. Yeah. Being, being, Tennessee being out definitely, uh, definitely helps for sure. Uh, Broncos says he got Scheffler at 550. <sighs> that one hurt. I had Zalatoris. So, uh, yeah, same welcome boat. to the club. Arkansas. Oklahoma. It was even more yeah, annoying because I, I, I live bet Zalatoris and immediately after I live bet him, Zalatoris made a birdie putt and Fitzpatrick bogeyed. Yeah. So I, I ran good. went up two shots right before, like right after I made the bet. And then he just couldn't hit a fairway for the next three holes. Nope. Put, put some brutal. Put some, as my dad used to say, put some smiles on those balls. Yeah, and Fitzpatrick uh, hit that birdie putt from what, like fifty feet? Nailed it. Just... And that, yeah, that got him back into it. Then somehow Fitzpatrick hits the gallery of people and ends up with a better lie lie than uh, than Zalatoris. So whatever. JC said he also had Scheffler, fourteen hundred. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. that stings that absolutely yep. stings for sure so scott we talked about hockey 
we got baseball tonight. We are going to have a play, of course. Not surprisingly, it is going to be from the world of baseball for the farm today, but uh, not a ton of games. What do you what do you see out there that you like, buddy? Um, well, you got a rematch of Cole versus McClanahan because they ended up playing last week. Right. Yankees had an Aaron Boone sighting yesterday because he completely punted the game for the Yankees. Uh, they were up 8-3, and they were going for their first sweep in the Rogers Center since 2003. Doesn't that sound a bit crazy? 2003 is the last time the Yankees swept Toronto in 20 the years. That's, that's amazing. But they were up 8-3, and then for some reason, Severino's at 90-something pitches. Boone brings it back out for the sixth, gives up two base runners. Then they bring in uh, Castro to pitch, and Castro sucks. He gives up the grand slam. And, uh, yeah, the whole game fell apart after that. But do you think that's a loss that snowballs? Or do you think the Yankees are just so talented and Tampa is so injured right now? They're fine. That Cole versus McClinan, it's going to be a good pitching matchup, but the Yankees have too much firepower. They should break it away. At some yeah, point. I think I think if they would have lost the first two games of that series or they're on a you know four, four or five game losing streak or whatever, I think it really stings. Going for the sweep after two wins there in Toronto, I think they're fine. I think they recover and play their way Plus, out Plus, Tampa's been a disaster. Tampa's lost uh, five of six. Mm-hmm. I mean, you lose a series to Baltimore. Uh, all the all the games were one run, but you're against Baltimore's pitching staff, and you score one run in two games combined. Yeah, I know they won the game; they scored seven. But the other two games, you scored one run combined. Yeah, uh, the offense is not exactly clicking right now. Last six games, they scored twelve runs, and as you alluded to, they scored seven of those in one game. So yeah. that's a I'm, I'm I'm no math major, but I'm pretty sure that's a run a game in the other five. So that ain't good. Isn't. Yeah, Bronco, by the way, I do hate Aaron Boone. So that's another coach to add, but I've publicly hated him for years. So he's he's been on the list. He was he's, doing he's it. been there for a long time. Yeah, he hated Aaron Boone before all the cool kids were doing. I can I can I can vouch for that. So uh, Bruce, I, I don't I don't think I've been wrong in that case. It's really it, this watching the Yankees this season is like being a Dodgers fan. And even though you're like 40 games over every single season, waiting for something to go you wrong. You know Dave Roberts is a moron. And you just have to wait for it to happen, you know? You have to just wait for him to bring in Jansen. For, <laughs> yeah, even the in bed. the year that they won with the shortened season, Jansen blew game, what was it, game four? Game four, yeah. Against Tampa? Yep. And they brought Jansen in, and he blew the game. So even when they win the World Series, Roberts is still being stupid. And even when the Yankees are the best record in the league, I still think Boone's an idiot. Very good. So... Uh, Bruce wants to know if uh, we can break down a little Cardinals-Milwaukee Brewers. Two great pitching matchups tonight, Scott. This is the other one as Miles Miklos goes against Corbin Burns. Excellent. Both of them have uh, whips or uh, whips sub one. ERAs in the 2-6 range. Should be a pretty good pitching matchup here. Both of these teams sit exactly 38 and 30, Scott. Tied. Does, tied. does it concern you at all that Nicholas only has one arm if the other since the other one fell off during his no hitter bid? They uh, <laughs> rode him pretty hard there. 129, right? I think he's going to get shelled tonight. It's it's not anything against Nicholas. I think that he's a solid pitcher. I like that he came back from injury last year and he's been very good. But especially in today's baseball, if you throw 129 pitches in your last start, I'm assuming you're going to struggle. I would not be surprised if Milwaukee got to him early and often. I like the Brewers' first five. Okay. Burns, of course, is still a very solid pitcher, but 
after 129 pitches. I mean, usually, as you remember from last year and the last couple of years, I always fade the pitcher off a no-hitter, mm-hmm. and they usually struggle. And it's whether because of the fact they're overpriced or because of the fact that they throw so many pitches, they're just, their arm just feels like jello for the next week and a half. 129. I, I got to go with the Brewers here. I have serious question marks about Nicholas's arm after throwing 129. Okay. And the and the start before that, by the way, he went eight innings. Yeah. So he's pitched sixteen and two thirds in his last two starts with one twenty nine pitches attached to the last outing. Give me the Brewers. Okay. Yeah, at the, end of, at the end of the day, Burns isn't quite having the dominating year that he was that he was last year when he won the Cy Young. But you look at his starts, he's made twelve starts, he's given up more than two runs just three times. And one of those yeah. was one of one of those was three on opening day. Um, yeah, he's been he's been very good. It's it's hard to it's hard to fade Burns, um, especially with you say with with Mikolos like that. As far as as far as the price goes, um, what do we what do we what are we catching the cards at here? We're catching uh, see the yeah one sixty five. See that's where I run into a problem, Scott, because it's easy to say. Sure, I think I think uh, Burns pitches better than Miklos. Okay, very good. But now I said you first five minus a half, or maybe even just Brewers team total over. Yeah, see but that's the totals the... pretty low when I don't exactly trust one of the pitchers. You've got yeah, you've got to come up with a way. So you're gonna you're gonna have four and a half is gonna be your is gonna be your total there most likely. So yeah, you have to look you have to look for ways around that minus one sixty five because it, it just it just rings a lot of the value okay so you've got to look at first five you've got to look at first five run lines i'm a big fan of that because you've obviously only got to cover a half a run mm-hmm. so you just have to have the lead um so yeah you have to you have to work your way around that 165 do you would you lay 165 would you like the would you take the run line here is there anything you can do to beat this full game i would take the run line if anything okay it really goes back to my point of even if you like if you like st louis take it anyway but at least acknowledge the spot. And I'm sure, sometimes to my own fault, I overvalue the spot. I did it with the Royals yesterday. I'm not afraid of backing bad teams or backing things that might seem a little bit uncomfortable because I just believe that there is a variable in play that people aren't accounting for. I cannot ignore the 129 pitches. I, I just can't do it. So I like Brewers' first five minus a half. You can probably get that, what, like minus 120? Mm, I think that'd be right in the ballpark. Yeah, without, without and full game potentially minus one and a half. Yeah. The Brewers got to beat up on the Reds over the weekend, so the bullpen is—I don't want to say fully rested, but it's—it's it's relatively rested. I'm pretty sure Hader did not pitch yesterday, so he should be available. But I'll take the Brewers. I think Miklos is going to struggle. Okay. Yeah, I think that's—I think that's a fair assessment. Um, Bronco talk about why they can't hit and why they can't bunt to the shift. I, I'll tell you I, what, this is my favorite part of Matt Carpenter. The guy bunts against the shift more than anybody I've ever seen, and he only plays like once every three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's either I've, a home run or a bunt. It's great. This has been my old man yells at clouds for, uh, you know, since they've really started uh, using the shifts extensively. What four years ago, really? Yeah. Is I don't know why everything turns into a dick measuring contest, and you just can't bunt. You got you've got to hit into the shift and show you can beat it. And like, God, kill me now. All right, buddy. Uh, you don't have to deal with it for about one more year because then the shifts are going away. 
Bronco Devil, a man who is easily, easily excited. He's you know, they put in a new Domino's by his place and has a drive through I did not even know that pizza places like that had drive throughs Did you know that? Uh, they used to have a drive through at a uh, Pizza Hut Taco Bell over by where I used yes, to live. Yes, that I've had, yeah. But as far as um, an actual drive through it's a great idea as long as your pizza's ready, you know? Hot and ready or just ready? Uh, Got to be hot and ready, man. Okay. Gotta be hot. Pizza, pizza. All right, brother. Let's uh, let's do it. We've been uh, we've been running pretty good, and I think uh, that's fantastic. I forgot what the current streak is. We've either won four in a row, or is it four in a row? I think we won four in a row. I think so. We won four in a row. My in my we're gonna jinx this because my dog. Well, I think it... we faded the Nationals three times, and then we of course had our play over the weekend. Yep. So I think it's four. I think it's four. Yeah, we took three run lines, and I think we took the, the play over the weekend. So, um. My dog has knocked my hat down, so neither one of us are going to have a hat. That it's all good. That doesn't break the streak. I don't know what does. I have had hair. Does that count? It does not. So, Leader, Little Caesar also has a drive through says Chris Lyons. What a fucking world we live in, buddy. What a world we live in. If you have Little Caesars while betting on Caesars, the world might explode. So just be careful, you know? All right. Yeah, very true. Very true. All right, my friend. Let's, uh, let's get to it. We're going to just cut right to the meat of the issue it is time once again, everybody. You know it. You love it. Get your overalls on. Put those straw hats on your head. Hopefully, you remembered yours. I remembered mine. It was sitting out, and then my dog helped me out. Now it's on the floor, and it's unattainable. It's unobtainium. So, just going to have to picture us on ours. You, Hey, you're on my list. You're dead to me. Um, it is time once again. Climb aboard your John Deere. Fire that bad boy up. And, ladies and gentlemen, get ready to bet the farm. Does it feel weird not to be scrambling behind the scenes getting your hat on as we hear that? Ma'am. Ma'am. Afternoon. Afternoon. All righty, Scott. Well, as you mentioned, we did have a uh, a Bet the Farm play on Friday. Uh, what was that play, and how did it do? We had the Giants and the pot and the uh, Pirates under eight, and the game ended 2-0. Nice, easy, rocking chair farm win. Cue to banjos. <laughs> Yeehaw. Yeehaw. All right, very good. Well, we're going to get a rock and rolling again. We're uh, it was kind of a kind of a light card, kind of a funky card. So we're going to do something a little bit different. Have we won one of these yet? Did we hit one yet? On this show, no. We're over two. On my on my YouTube show, I think I'm five and zero. Okay, well, fuck your YouTube show. That doesn't matter. But I'm undefeated on this for my uh for my daily show. What have so. you done for me lately? Here it is, kids. It's going to be. Your San Francisco Giants and the Atlanta Braves, nerfy style. No runs in the first inning, minus 111. Excuse me, guys. Uh, Atlanta, not good in the uh, in the first inning. As you, uh, It might surprise you a little bit. Averaging just .36 runs per inning. That's 27th. First inning. <coughs> Excuse me. What did I say? You said per inning. It's per first inning. Oh, first inning. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, San Francisco were averaging half a run. That's 18th, still below average. Logan Webb going for San Francisco's last two starts, 12 and two-thirds, 1.42 ERA. Max Freed, you know him, you love him. He is going for the Braves. Last five starts, 31 innings pitched, a 2.27 ERA. Both of these pitchers are very good. And we talked about the uh, the defensive, the offensive struggles. 
for San Francisco. And uh, surprisingly, Atlanta takes a while to get going. So that's how going to do it for our farm play. And it's going to be the Atlanta Braves, San Francisco Giants. No run in the first inning. Scott, any final thoughts? Well, especially with the minus 111 price. With these pitchers and the below-average nature offensively of both teams in the first inning up to this point, mm-hmm. doesn't it seem like it should be like minus 140? Because I saw on DraftKings, it was minus 130. Yeah. And yet I shopped around and I found minus 111. Yeah, I would So said- there's a lot of disparity in the markets, but this seems a little bit of a line that should be – or a case where the line should be a lot higher – for a flat full game total of eight, doesn't it? Yep. You know what they say. If it seems too good to be true, don't worry about it. It's probably just a mistake on the Pretty bookmaker's much, part. But, so. I mean, the thing is you're worried about Atlanta because, of course, you know, they have a lot of firepower offensively. They have been great over the last couple of weeks. But in the first inning, they just can't score. No. No, they can't. They can't do it in the first inning. So two good pitchers on the mound. We're going to take our shot with that. So that's going to do it for the farm. That's going to do it for the show. That's going to do it for Monday, man. Put that baby in the can. We're done. You guys, hey, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. As always, thanks for all the great comments, and thanks for all the uh, times that you guys have shared our uh, shared uh, what we do with your friends. We've got everybody else to tune in. Uh, we appreciate the effort. Keep it up. And we'll be back tomorrow. We'll do it again one more time, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Scott and I will be here to do our very best to help you in that journey that never ends as we all try to head back to the window. Guys, take care. We'll see you then. Thank you.